Yo, Nick Saban really had us on strings for 24 hours, but Tyler Van Dyke is staying at the University of Miami. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. I'm Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. What a saga yesterday. (laughs) I told you guys, let's wait, see how it plays out. Okay, maybe some of you wrote some tweets you wish you could delete today uh, or maybe you don't wish you could delete them because some of you are digging your heels in and standing pretty firm on some of the things you said but Tyler Van Dyke Miami Hurricanes starting quarterback he ain't leaving he's not leaving he is staying with the Miami Hurricanes there was interest we can confirm from Alabama and I heard there may have been interest from others but Alabama confirmed and the most notable that we're actually interested in enticing Tyler Van Dyke to enter the transfer portal. And there was a period yesterday when TVD's Miami future seemed to be in doubt. Okay. Like I I told you in the episode we did late afternoon yesterday, I always maintained, I thought Miami would get this resolved. Van Dyke would stay with the U, but I didn't put a hundred percent on it yesterday. You know, it was maybe around 60-70% that Tyler was going to stay in Miami, so I was confident. I wasn't that confident. Things were feeling a little bit dicey at a certain point yesterday. Um, And then if you had any doubts about it, because the word started to come through in the late afternoon that Van Dyke was telling folks, he was telling friends, he was telling teammates uh, that he wasn't leaving he was staying at Miami and if you didn't believe that when those reports started to trickle in in the evening last night the official Miami Hurricanes football Twitter account they posted a photo of Van Dyke with the caption relentlessly working all focus on 2023 100% came That was the closest thing you were going to get to a press release or an official announcement because you can't really do a press release for someone who's not leaving and never entered the transfer portal in the first place. I was actually surprised that the Miami Hurricanes official Twitter account even acknowledged the rumors and the reports to begin with. Um, It was probably the right thing to do because the fan base was... You know, they were talking, they were, you know, spreading these reports all throughout the day. So Miami knew that the rumors and the reports were out there. Uh, I like the fact that they did put out that tweet from the Hurricanes football account to officially put the rumors to bed. Van Dyke isn't going anywhere. Okay, so the first question is, how close did Van Dyke actually come to leaving Miami or at least entering the transfer portal? Here's my honest answer. We will never know. We will never know how close he really came. So I know some of you out there make assumptions really far on either direction. I've had some people tell me, oh, this guy, he wanted to leave. He had two feet out the door, but they, you know, they lured him back in with NIL money. Some of you really thought he was he was out 
Others of you thought this whole thing was a non-story. It was never going to happen. He wasn't leaving. Our fan base just loved rumors. The truth is somewhere in the middle, folks, but we will never know. We will never know how close he actually came to leaving. From where I sit, this looks a lot like tampering from Alabama's part. I don't know how this isn't tampering, right? Because remember, there were allegedly offers being made from an NIL standpoint, overtures made, and this player was never in the portal. Like it's if a player is in the transfer portal, then recruiting them is not tampering. But if you're not in the portal, how is this not tampering? How is he getting offers and NIL offers from other schools? And then you claim it's not tampering. I'm I'm sure there are some loopholes that they try to say, well, it was third-party contact and we never actually spoke to him. There's always loopholes in this world we live in today. Um, now, for something that looks a lot like tampering from where I sit, do you think the NCAA would actually investigate this? No. And also, I'm not naive. Let me throw this out there. I'm not naive into thinking that tampering doesn't happen all the time, okay? Like I'm not stupid. Like I'm not even ang- like I'm not even angry about the idea that there was probably tampering taking place because I know it happens everywhere everywhere. The old cliche rules are meant to be broken, that certainly is true about tampering in sports. This gets broken all the time. I think just what's up what upsets me about it is not the fact that there was probably tampering taking place. It's that They only seem to care about tampering when it involves Miami. You think about the Cavender Twins situation, which probably wasn't even tampering based on the details that came out of that in reality. Um, But, you know, if Miami was on the other side of this equation and they were trying to entice a Bama player to come into the portal, (laughs) the NCAA would probably already be on campus at Miami confiscating laptops and doing forensic searches but since it's Alabama and since this happens everywhere else um, they're not going to put a second into investigating this believe me but if the shoe is on the other foot they surely would because Miami lives under a different set of rules unfortunately Um, now going back to Tyler I got to admit and I know not all of you feel this way but I strongly feel this way I have sympathy for Van Dyke with the way this story was covered. You're not going to talk me out of that stance. I have sympathy for him here because we really don't know whether or not it was ever his desire to want to leave or if he was just doing his due diligence here. Because I can understand how if you've got interest from a program like Alabama – it's hard not to at least take a look at that situation. Like, I understand that because, you know, you're talking about a school that is in the national championship hunt every single year and has five-star talent surrounding you at every position. I could understand how that's that would be something that even if you're like, you're all about Miami, how like, well, I, I at least have to hear what they have to say and what their situation is. I can sympathize with that a little bit. Um And I cannot emphasize this enough that schools courting players from other teams, tampering, if you want to call it that, it happens a lot. This particular situation happened to leak. Most of the time, they don't leak. You never hear about it, and ignorance is bliss. Van Dyke is not the only quarterback around the country getting offers to leave, and he will not be the last. Usually, we only hear about this stuff after a player hits the portal and goes somewhere else, 
Van Dyke never even hit the portal. Usually you don't hear about this. It leaked and it blew up yesterday. Um, I can also understand how his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, that's Tyler's NIL agent, Rosenhaus, uh, who is, you know, one of the most successful professional sports agents. And now that this NIL thing is out there, the lines very much get blurred and you have NFL agents representing college players. It's crazy this world we're living in now. So I can understand why Rosenhaus would try to leverage the situation to maximize his client's NIL situation. That's his job as the agent, and he also gets a nice cut of that as the agent. So I do think, you know, NIL negotiation was probably part of this at the end of the day. Uh, but when we come back, I want to talk about why staying at Miami on a number of different levels was absolutely the right decision for Van Dyke. It's not a coincidence that's the decision he came to. I think it's the right decision for him. It's also the best thing for Miami. Uh, so we still have a lot more to get to, folks. And also, let me say, I'm glad we can now put this behind us because we can focus now on recruiting. We can focus now on the transfer portal and the players Miami's going to try to bring in over the next couple of weeks. And we don't have to talk about our starting quarterback potentially going somewhere else. So I'm glad we're putting this behind us. But we have a lot more to come on this episode of Locked on Canes. Something exciting is coming to Built.com tomorrow, Saturday. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you do not want to miss. If you know how Built works, they've got the most incredible protein bars in the world. I just had one this morning. I had the Cookies and Cream Puff Bar, which is a new flavor, cannot recommend enough. And Built, they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity, the special editions. So mark your calendars for tomorrow, Saturday, April 22nd, and head to Built.com tomorrow to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is going to be. I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. I wouldn't mind something like a strawberry cheesecake would be good, but... I'm all in on a Nutella flavor. I hope, I don't know what it is, but I hope it's a Nutella flavor. I would love that. So go to built.com and make sure when you order, you use our promo code locked on 15 and you'll get 15% off. I do this all the time, guys, because I love me some built bars. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. And thank you to the everydayers, those of you who make Locked On Canes part of your day every single day. We had four episodes yesterday. I'm still recovering. Uh, it, it's like when you come off a four-episode day, it's like a hangover. I didn't even drink yesterday, but I'm still recovering from all the content we did yesterday. And for the everydayers, folks, on Monday, we're going to talk with University of Miami quarterback commit Judd Anderson. The ambassador. I cannot wait to talk to Judd. Uh, he's going to discuss his Miami recruitment, what he brings to the table, how he's trying to recruit others to join him at the U. You're not going to want to miss Judd Anderson with us on Monday 
on Locked on Kane. So make sure you mark that into your calendars. But so Judd Anderson is the future at quarterback. Tyler Van Dyke is the present. And he decided yesterday, despite enticements and temptations and apparently offers to head to the transfer portal and spit out of that transfer portal in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Van Dyke ultimately decided to remain with Miami. This is the best decision for him to stay for a number of different reasons. In Miami right now, like it or not, he's basically the unquestioned starting quarterback. Jakari Brown is improving. He's not ready to take Tyler's job. Emery Williams, early enrollee freshman, looks promising. He's not ready to take Tyler's job. So Tyler is the man here in Miami. And you think about the timing, right? You talk about potentially entering the transfer portal in late April, right after you finished spring football at your current spot, and right after you've just learned a new offense, another new offense, and I believe Shannon Dawson's offense does fit Van Dyke quite well, and he's just learned it. Miami has invested a lot of time in Van Dyke over the past four years. And yes, he does have a very good NIL situation here. Maybe Bama was offering him more, but Tyler's got a good situation here from John Ruiz and many others. Uh, I hear that there are around 20 businesses and collectives that are backing Van Dyke. So he's got some diversity there. Plus, the other side of it, right? It's one thing to give the reasons why it's the right thing for Tyler to stay in Miami. Also, the risk he would have taken on had he gone to Alabama. That didn't wouldn't guarantee him anything. Like, do, do you think Nick Saban would have just handed Tyler Van Dyke the starting job if he went out there to Alabama? That's not how Saban runs his operation. Saban didn't get to where he is by telling a transfer guy that's never taken a snap in Alabama, oh, you come here, you're my starting quarterback. That's not the way they operate there in Tuscaloosa, okay? That's not the way they do things. Van Dyke, had he gone to Alabama, and I'm sure he realizes this, you know, he's smart and he's got smart people advising him. He would have had to compete there with Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. Now, maybe, who knows, maybe one of them would have hit the portal because he would have created a domino, but he would have had competition there. And Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson were both, for what it's worth, higher-rated recruits than Van Dyke coming out of high school. Now, the edge that Tyler would have had over them, and I think this is the reason why Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator at Alabama, was you know trying to lure him to Tuscaloosa. The advantage Tyler has is experience, right? Because he's started uh, you know basically a, a season and a half worth of games. Um, and between Milrow and Simpson, they only have one start between them, and that was from Milrow last year. Uh, but you can argue that both Milrow and Simpson have higher ceilings than Van Dyke. There's no guarantee he would have won that job there. And if I were in Tyler Van Dyke's shoes, I can't speak for him. So let me try to speak from his perspective. Certainly, I would be tempted by the possibility of competing for and maybe winning a national championship next year. And if I did win the starting job there, uh, he'd be raising his draft stock. Because, listen, I'm a Miami guy, but I'm also a realist. I, I know the Hurricanes don't have the talent that Alabama has. You know, Miami's offensive line, they're getting better, but it's not Bama. 
you know, Miami's skill position talent. I think Kevin Beard can make these receivers a little bit better than they were last year, but you don't have Alabama's talent at the skill positions. So would there be a temptation there to say, hey, if I can get the starting quarterback job at Alabama and I'm looking to get into the NFL draft next year, this could give me a better opportunity to be a first rounder than I would have had at Miami. That temptation is there, but imagine transferring, going to Alabama, and then ending up riding the bench because that was a possibility. That would be a catastrophe. Sticking with Miami was the right move. I have no doubt in my mind. Sticking with Miami was the right move. And from a Miami standpoint, we got to talk about the crisis Miami avoids here when we come back. Keep it locked to Locked on Canes. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. You can imagine how busy we were yesterday on our show subtext platform. We have a special platform where you can receive SMS text messages from me right to your phone. And you can talk to me one-on-one whenever you want to. And we're able to give you guys certain insider scoops that, you know, we can't always give you publicly and a big thing is because um, I can only do so many shows. Sometimes I do four shows per day. Um, if I really had the time, I could just have an open mic and I could sit here for 24 hours a day. But my wife would divorce me if I did that. So sometimes I'm able to give you guys updates on the subtext SMS service before I can talk about it on a show. So it's a great way to stay connected with the show more often. So I'm going to include a link in the show description below. You'll see that whether you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, your favorite audio platform, or whether you watch the show on YouTube, if you go to the show description below, you're going to see a link on how to join our subtext SMS platform. Uh, Get in there for a 14-day free trial, nothing to lose. And then if you want to opt in after 14 days, it's $4.99 a month. It's a great way to support the show because sometimes people will ask me like, hey, Dono, how come you you don't give out your cash tag like some shows do? I'd like to support the show. Um, I do not believe in taking anyone's money with no added value. That's not the way that I do things. So with this subtext service, if you want to you know, help us with $4.99 a month, we're giving you plenty of value in return. I, I don't believe in asking for anyone's money if you're not getting extra value in return. So the subtext platform is a great way to bridge that gap. And you can sign up for 14 days completely free with absolutely nothing to lose. So we've been very, very busy on there for the last couple of days. And with recruiting season in progress, we're going to be very, very busy on there for the foreseeable future. So, all right. We talked about from Tyler Van Dyke's point of view, why staying in Miami, I believe ultimately was the right decision for him. And he reached that decision clearly, but also I don't know how close he actually was to leaving. We will never know, but I think staying was absolutely the right decision for him. Um, Now, from Miami's point of view, the Hurricanes, they avert a crisis here. Like, I'm so thankful for Mario Cristobal and, you know, I'm sure Shannon Dawson was involved in this and talking with Tyler yesterday and making him realize staying in Miami was not only the right thing for him, but I'm sure they made him feel needed here because he is needed. Um, If Tyler had left, Miami would be down scholarship quarterbacks, limited experience between both. Right. Jakari Brown got a handful of starts last year. 
Um, he might very well by 2024 be ready to be one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC or in the country. I just don't think he's ready for that yet. Um, and you know, Emory Williams, he's a kid. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not interested. I, I know it's happened before, but I'm not interested in starting a true freshman, a quarterback this year. He's just not ready yet in my eyes. So no matter what, down to two scholarship quarterbacks, Miami would have had to scramble in the transfer portal. They would have been desperate, desperately trying to grab somebody, right? Whether you grab a career backup for depth or if you try to grab a starting caliber guy. So the best guy available in the portal, he just hit the portal yesterday, is Ben Bryant from the Cincinnati Bearcats. So I think he's by far the best currently in the portal. You would have had to fight tooth and nail to try to get this guy here. Uh, and then even if a capable quarterback like that, I think he's pretty good. I think he's great, but I think he's pretty good. He would have to come in and then learn a new offense without having gone through spring football here. So it puts you behind. So Miami averts a crisis. So we got a couple of questions out there on social that I wanted to answer here. Here's a specific one. Um, and it's a good question uh, from Tim in the Pines. He says, hey, so after everything that happened yesterday, has the situation now become just too toxic with Van Dyke? How can he just walk back into that locker room after almost leaving? So um, I'll give you my best answer here. I think the most important thing we have to remember is he didn't leave. And he never actually entered the transfer portal. He's still a Miami Hurricane. His teammates, surely and hopefully, are a lot more aware of the actual minute details of what happened than any of us are. And perhaps Van Dyke, if any teammates ask him about this, he can spin it as, hey, I could have gone to Alabama, but I chose to stay here, right? I could have gone to the most powerhouse of all powerhouse programs in the country, but I chose to stay here. We've got to think about it from that because so many people just automatically put their mind to the negative side of it. Like, oh, he thought about leaving. He's a snake. He's not all in. This guy's wavering. I guess that's one way to look at it. But another way to look at it is the most prominent program in the country wanted me to go play there, and yet I chose to stay here. That's another way to look at it, folks. You know, two different perspectives to everything. And listen, it's not just about, you know, his teammates and his coaches. And, and listen, obviously, his coaches wanted him to stay, right? Because if the coaches had been so angry by him, you know, apparently listening to an offer from Alabama, the coaches could have just said, you know what? If you don't want to be here, we don't want you here. Get the heck out. But no, his coaches wanted him to stay. So I don't think he has to explain anything to his coaches at this point. Uh, I think he can pretty easily smooth this over with his teammates, and they all know him a lot better than we do. But the other side of it is the fans. That's going to be more difficult, I think, because a lot of fans are angry at him right now, and I get it. Again, that's why I hate the fact that this story ever leaked in the first place, because this stuff happens more than you would think around the country. And you usually only hear about it if the player decides to leave. You don't usually hear about it when a player stays. So it's unfortunate for him that this even leaked in the first place, but the fan base knows about it. And if Van Dyke, if he struggles to start the season, if he goes out there, throws some interceptions, lays some stinkers out there at Hard Rock Stadium, the crowd is going to turn on him really quickly. <laughs> he knows that. 
<laughs> I think he understands that, and hopefully he's able to work through that from a mental standpoint. Uh, but on the other side of that, if Van Dyke goes out there and balls out, and if he, you know, Miami's got Texas A&M at home in the second game, uh, if he goes out there, plays well, and beats Texas A&M, Miami starts winning games, he's going to be forgiven very quickly. I think the fan base, if he goes out there and plays well, they're going to forgive and forget. I, I'm not too worried about that. And and here's here's a bigger picture thing because we're getting a lot of tweets about this. Um, so many people. I'm not even going to put one name behind this because I got six or seven tweets like this yesterday. A lot of people have been tweeting us with their frustrations about college football in general and what it's becoming. It's becoming a business. TV networks and conferences. Now you see mega conferences forming. They've been more than happy to make billions of dollars off these players for decades. So on the one hand, I'm happy that players can finally make something off of NIL. Some players make a lot more than others do, right? But I think what's making this so messy right now is the NIL space, it needs so much more regulation, right? It really is the wild, wild west. This blew up so fast, so quickly. The NCAA was not prepared for it whatsoever. And one of the reasons why the NCAA wasn't prepared for it is, you know, um, just given the nature of the way this country is structured, you have 50 different states who all have different rules about NIL because you've got re regulation on this at the state level, not on the federal level. Uh, should there be some kind of federal guidelines on this? Probably. I'm not a big federal government guy, but I'm also not that politically active. So, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't follow politics closely enough to make this into a political show. But uh, I think based on, you know, the way college football, you've got school. I don't think there's a school in every single state. But, you know, let's say 46, 47 states have major college football teams and they've got 46, 47 different sets of rules on NIL. Maybe there is some sort of federal guideline that is needed on this because the transfer portal and you know that's even before nil the transfer portal itself essentially creates free agency and then the transfer portal plus nil means collectives are enticing players to try and leave their schools every year i don't know how to fix it if i did know how to fix it the ncaa would probably be paying me millions of dollars to guide them in how to fix it um you know i don't know. May, I, I think I do know, actually, I should say that there needs to be a way to better enforce NIL as a recruiting tool, because I don't think high school players who haven't played a down of college football should be getting seven figure offers the way some quarterbacks do before they ever step foot into a university. I think that needs to be regulated somehow. Um, but I don't believe some of you might think, well, just take away NIL. This is a terrible idea. I don't think that's the answer, because, again, these players deserve something for the billions of dollars they're making for the NCAA and the TV networks and the conferences. It's ridiculous for the players not to get something for all the work that they do. You know, perhaps you kind of go the other way. You start signing these players to contracts and basically making college football a professional minor league. Uh, that might ease some of this. Uh, a lot of fans have told me that they're no longer interested in college football because of what it's becoming uh, to me. The sport, I think, has become way too big and too profitable to try and turn it back into an amateur league like it used to be. I don't think we can ever do that. Like, you can't turn that cruise ship or you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube, whatever analogy you want to use. 
But I do think we need to find a more organized way to deal with the changing climate because college football, it's basically become a professional sports league. It's not amateur the way it was when you and I were growing up, okay? So we've got to find a way to take this into the future and not let this be such a mess out there. But thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Locked on Canes and for making us your first listen today. Remember, for the everydayers, uh, you want to join us on Monday. Now, we are probably going to have at least one weekend episode coming up, but Monday we're going to talk with Judd Anderson. Miami Hurricanes quarterback commit for the class of 2024. You do not want to miss that. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to smash that like button and subscribe. Uh, if you listen to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods, make sure to hit a five-star rating and leave us a nice review if you have time. And we'll talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.